All right, today's Sandal Summer uh, sermon. Uh, today's scripture that we're looking at, you're going to not want sandals on. You are going to want work boots. You are going to want steel-toed boots. You are going to want 80s rock metal boots. All right, you get the picture? You are going to want snake boots. All right, I'm just going to tell you, if you know where I'm going with this scripture, um, you'll get that. By the way, um, uh, Pastor Chris Book and I, he's one of our executive pastors, we were hunting uh, with some other pastors recently, and uh, we were, I looked at this guy, I said, man, those boots are awesome. What are those? And he said, those are snake boots. And I said, they're, they're snake boots, huh? And he said, yeah, you're in Georgia. He said, these are snake boots. He said, what do you have? I said, tennis shoes. And I had a pair of like winter boots with me. So I went back to the cabin and changed them. I looked at Pastor Chris. He had like red running shoes. And they look at him and they go, snakes love red. And then they walked away. <laughs> you know. So he's not an avid hunter. But um, we were safe and nobody got bit. But you're going to want snake boots, stomping boots. We're going to two scriptures today. Genesis chapter 3. And we're also going to Romans 16. So Genesis chapter 3, 15. And Romans 16, 19 and 20. And uh, really, the scripture I want to grab is Romans 16, verse 20. That's where we're really going to go. But I want to show you how they, they both connect. And uh, as you're turning there in your Bible to those two scriptures, um, there's a lot of old songs. How do you know those old songs about Satan being under your feet and stomping on the devil? How many, by show of hands here at all of our campuses, you have sung one of those devil is under your feet songs? Raise your hand. Come on. All right. You are putting yourself in the charismatic movement right there. All right. We used to sing it, you know, and there, I, I was watching it online even as I was prepping for the sermon. You know, like, Satan is under my feet. And the people were like, stomp, 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 stomp. And they're like, woo! You know, thank God we don't do that, all right? There's a lot of good songs out there. And then there was another one that I used to do in, in youth group, you know, and it was uh, Romans 16, 19 says, Be excellent at what is good, be innocent of evil, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan. The God of peace will crush Satan underneath your feet. Now, I remembered the words to the scripture but that song was still hokey. But um, this is an old school passage. And I will tell you, as I was even prepping and studying for the message, I thought I might go a little old school on this one. I just, three people liked it. All right. I might, I was like, I was, I might get caught up in it and I might lose my place. Bear with me. But I just, I feel this one. I really feel passionate about this, that we don't realize the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. I don't believe we, we understand fully where God has put our enemy. And although he's nipping at our heels, God's like, I have the victory. You have the victory, and I want you to live in victory. And uh, I hope through these scriptures you can realize that the devil is defeated. God is victorious. You are victorious. You are living in victory, and you can bring more victory into this world. Now you say, again, the devil's nipping at my feet, but I want you to understand you're living in victory. God has defeated the devil. All right, so I believe this is something that we needed to focus on in this series, and I was looking forward to this day. And uh, I will say this before I even read the scriptures. Yes, I believe the devil is real. There's too much evil in this world to not have a devil. The Bible tells us that there is a devil, and the devil is real. And I know that a lot of people have dismissed the devil, and church has become a little chaplain, hope-lifting, you know, kind of club. It, it's a place that's bringing the message of salvation to the world. It's, it's a place, the church is a place that's saying, there's a devil, there's an enemy of your soul. Sin has entered this world, but God has a plan for you, and he wants to set you free free from the enemy. And the church is there bringing the good 
news to the world that the devil has held people bound in captivity and God wants to set them free and he wants us to bring the message to them. So I really believe that there is a devil and I believe that uh, the devil, just so you understand, the devil and God are not even. The devil was a created being that rebelled against God and then was cursed, okay? So the devil was never on even footing with God ever. So if you're wondering where the devil is, he's already below God, but then the scripture we're gonna look at here is gonna say that he's underneath our feet, okay? So I just wanna give you that. And, and again, I believe the Bible, when it gives us the account in Genesis, it's real, it's not an allegory. The Bible is giving us as much as we can understand and grasp, but I believe that there really were an Adam and Eve. I really believe that the, the devil tempted them in the form of the serpent. And the Bible calls the devil the prince of darkness, Beelzebub, devil, our enemy, old serpent. I mean, if you get the picture, there's an enemy out there. And the enemy comes against um, mankind. And uh, just to give you the history, the devil deceives Eve and then Adam, and they take from the forbidden fruit. And as they do that, their eyes are open to what's going on. And the Bible says that sin entered the world, and this, uh, they basically wrecked it. They wrecked what was going on. Sin had come in, and in that moment, uh, the devils deceived them. Sin has entered the world, and we pick it up in Genesis 3.15. God is speaking, and he says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's speaking to the serpent. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. All right, hold on to that scripture because God's saying, all right, there's something going on. And then in Romans 16, 19 and 20, it says, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, amen. And I think that's a, a great line in there that you could memorize. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And I wanted to put it in there and use that translation because I believe it stands truer to the actual word. Some of your translations of your Bible say the, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. But soon wouldn't really be the right word. And we'll get into that. Hold that thought. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. The verse that I read to you was actually the very first sermon in the Bible. You're thinking, really? Yeah, God preaches the very first sermon in Genesis chapter uh, 3, verse 15. Matter of fact, it's the first declaration, really, of the good news that is coming man's way. They call this the proto-evangelion, okay? It's the prototype. It's the first time, it's the very first time that it's declared that God's got a plan to help bring salvation to man. Now, I want you to grab this for just a moment. Man has fallen. Man's been created. They're in relationship with God. They get deceived by the enemy. They bring sin into this world, and God's going to deal with this, but he, he, he curses the serpent. He, just, he brings a, just a, a charge against him and curses him and says, there's a discipline here. There's something going to happen here, and, and this isn't right what you've done, and God declares this over him. But before he even goes and disciplines Adam and Eve and deals with them, he says, the plan that's going to happen. 
This is an amazing thing about God. God's about to bring justice, but he's bringing mercy. He's judge and savior in this, in this verse. He's like, hey, I, I'm gonna put enmity between you and, and her seed and, and you're gonna nip at his heel, but he's gonna crush your head. And God was saying there's gonna be a plan that's gonna be right everything that's gone wrong. He's gonna crush you, devil. And he was declaring that there was a plan in place that Jesus was gonna come someday and crush the enemy. I mean, that's just amazing to me that before God even disciplines Adam and Eve, he's already got the plan declared of how they're going to be restored and how uh, reconciliation can take place and how salvation can take place and how forgiveness can take place. It's absolutely incredible when you grasp this that God's right there. He's saying, devil, that's wrong and you're going to be crushed. And by the way, Jesus is coming, you know, and he's going to crush you. All right, now we're dealing with Adam and Eve. That's amazing to me. God is more amazing than we could ever, ever fathom. So it's just, I'm amazed by this and I see this. And if you look throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible and all throughout the biblical history, they were waiting for this day, waiting for the one who's going to crush the devil, who's going to crush evil, who's going to be the one that's going to right things again, who's going to be the one, and they're waiting for this, and they're waiting for this, and they're waiting for this. And the devil had a plan to uh, attack Jesus. The devil had a plan that as soon as Jesus came on this earth, he was going to attack him. But the Bible tells us it was really like a heel injury and uh, Jesus was going to deliver a head blow to the enemy. And how many know that there's a difference between a, a heel injury and a head injury? Okay. As I was preparing this sermon, I was reminded years and years and years ago when I was just a little kid, I was um, getting a ride on a bicycle, okay? A friend was riding the bike, and I was sitting on the back of the bike. It was one of those banana seats. How many remember banana seats, all right? That's old school right there. All right, I was on that banana seat bike, and I was looking down at those spokes, and I was maybe five, six years old, and I thought, I wonder if you could just kind of, you know, like touch them and do that. You can't, okay? You can't. I'm just going to let you know. Because I was like, I wonder, and then I tried it, and that bike just came to a grinding halt. Next thing you know, I'm in the ER, and my dad's like, what did you do? <laughs> and I just, I'll, I'll, it's like scarred. I remembered that. But it was a heel injury that I recovered. But how many know if I said, I wonder if I put my head in the, how many know? <laughs> Different injury. Different injury, okay? The, the, the Bible was declaring there's going to be, you're going to get a heel injury. You're going you're gonna to wound Jesus. But Jesus is going to crush you, devil. If you saw the movie, The, the Passion of the Christ, that Mel Gibson uh, made, there's that scene where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and he realizes he's about to get the injury. He's about to have the injury upon his body. He's about to be beaten, hung on the cross, the sins of the world placed upon him. He, he's about ready to have that. And in the, in the movie, um, you know, I never thought of it like this, but Mel Gibson and his, his, you know, just theatrical mind had a snake coming out. There was like the devil walking around Jesus in the garden, and all of a sudden that snake comes out. How many remember that in the movie? And that snake came out. I was like, oh, snake. And the snake goes up towards Jesus, and then he's standing there, and then all of a sudden he just goes, bam! And I was just like, oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Mel Gibson, that was amazing, all right? I want you to grab that picture, Okay. Jesus, when he died on the cross, the devil might have got a heel injury in, but Jesus did a head stomp in that moment. 
And he said, I have defeated. That's what they've been waiting for ever since you deceived the people. So you grab this in your mind of, of this context as we get towards Roman, but I, Romans, but I don't want to go there quite yet. Um, in Psalms 108, verse 13, again, with this understanding of stomping on the enemy, Psalms 108, uh, verse 13, it says, with God, we will gain the victory and he will trample down our enemies. Man, with God, we get the victory and he'll trample down our enemies. And so when the people would be reading Psalms, they'd be like, that's right. There's gonna be a day that somebody's gonna come and trample down our enemies. Psalms 110 verse one, it says, the Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until you make, till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And any time that someone had vanquished an enemy, any time someone had conquered an enemy, in, in old times what they would do is many times the king would put his foot on the head of his enemy as just a form of total humility, like it was my footstool. Like you're nothing to me. I have vanquished you. I have stomped you. I've defeated you. And so again, when they're reading that, the psalmists are like are understanding there's a day coming. There's a day coming. And when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us that he crushed Satan. Again, Satan thought that he had the victory, but he didn't realize he was playing right into God's hands, right into what God had preached in the very first sermon, that this was the moment. And I just, I get so excited about thinking about this, this fact that Jesus Christ uh, conquered the devil in this way. Um, again, I got caught up in this. Oh, man. I see the heel damage. Here's, here's, here's the thought I want you to grab. I don't want to miss this. I see, the, I see the heel damage that was done to Jesus on the cross. I mean, we see the heel damage. When we see the whip and the, the beating and we see the crown of thorns and we see the nails and we see it depicted by artists and we see the heel damage that was done. I, I just, I thank God for my savior. But then when I see the, the head crushing blow, when the stone gets rolled away, I say, what a savior, what a savior. And I just, I want us to grasp this, what happened there. Yes, Satan had a little heel damage on Jesus, but Jesus crushed the enemy. And I believe this, um, Isaiah 52, 7, we, we talked about it in a previous week. It talked about how lovely are the feet of those that bring good news. You know why it's lovely? We're bringing good news to people that need the enemy to be crushed. And when we bring the message of Jesus Christ to somebody, we crush that enemy again and we say, you can be set free. You can be set free. I want to let you know that here at all of our campuses at the end of this, we're going to give an opportunity for people to give their life to Jesus. We're going to do that. We're going to give an opportunity for people to do that because uh, Jesus wants to continue to, to crush the devil again. Um, now, I can hear some of you are like, wow, this foot stomping crushing is sounding a little violent. All right. Yeah. All right. It, it's not. I want to be very clear, especially in the world that we're living in with all the violence that's been going on and different religions using violence right now, I want to be very, 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 very clear. This is talking about a spiritual thing that took place and a spiritual thing for us to do now. We do not advocate violence in any way at all. That's not how we advance the kingdom of God. This is a spiritual battle that is taking place. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-4 through 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So I want to be very clear. It's a spiritual battle. It is not a physical battle. 
All right? So in, in light of uh, Genesis 3, um, Jesus dies on the cross. The devil thinks that he's won, and he's not. He's just put a, a heel injury on that. I just, I, I just really think that when we sing the song, hear the roar of the rugged cross, you need to hear it and just see that stomping of what the enemy is being defeated. Like Jesus is defeating the enemy. Now in Romans 16, all right, all that to get to Romans 16, Paul is having closing thoughts uh, to the church at Rome. He's saying, guard the unity. Great sermon. We've actually done a series on that. He's saying, watch out for people that deceive you. Again, amazing advice. He said, be excellent at what is good and be innocent of evil. All right? And uh, don't get those confused. Some of you say, well, be excellent at evil. No. Be excellent at what is good. Be innocent of evil. And then he says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Paul's telling them that. He's trying to help them to understand the victory that's theirs. And I, and I used, again, that translation, so I want to show you why I picked that. Um, he says, the God of peace will crush Satan. I want to let you know that he's saying God's going to crush him. He's going to trample him. He's going to stomp him. And the word that's used there means like to crush him beyond recognition. All right? Total and complete victory. God is bringing total and complete victory. And the, and the word that is used there, God, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly instead of soon. Shortly meant this. It meant how the Romans marched. Okay, the word that is used there is actually like how the Romans marched, like, and they didn't stop. That's how they marched. And the Roman soldiers were taught, you lift your foot high and you stomp it down. You let everybody know that we're coming. You let them know we're not stopping. If anybody gets in front of you, you march shortly. What does that mean? Short, strong steps, and we are not stopping. You are moving forward. Pity the person that falls in front because this is going all the way. We're not stopping. I want you to grab this. It says the God of peace will crush Satan shortly. God is going to crush the enemy and he's not stopping. He keeps going and he marches and he stomps and he stomps and he stomps. Okay? All right. You got to grab that. He's continuing the victory in your life. He's not stopping. The devil is defeated. Now, I want to point this out, too, because it says the God of peace. Don't you think it should have said the mighty warrior will crush Say, okay, but it says the God of peace. Why does it say that? Okay, because it was saying the God of peace. It was saying um, that when a country is invaded, when somebody has done something evil to you and they can't be uh, negotiated with, when they can't be reasoned with, there comes a time where in order to bring peace, you have to go to war to bring peace. And he's saying the God of peace who wants peace is driving out evil, and he's not willing to let evil stomp on his people. He's saying, I'm going to drive out evil, and I'm going to go after this, and I'm going to stomp out this evil. And it's a, any time that God would go to war, any time that God would do this, it's only to drive back evil. There's a lot of motives for war, money, ego, taking new territory. You see what I'm saying? And God's like, it's not about that. I want to restore peace. It's only about restoring peace. And it's saying the God of peace is going to go to war with the devil and stop the devil so he can restore peace in your life, my life, and in this world. Okay? And that's why theologians have debated, like, when is it a just war and not a just war? And that's where theologians came up with saying that, you know, if it was to get rid of evildoers, if it was to punish evildoers, if it was to uplift good and to bring peace back to the world... 
It could be just. Okay, so it's the prince of peace, the God of peace, the one that is being active. And sometimes we think peace is just being passive. Like, well, let's keep the peace. Let's not cause any problems. Let's just let them do what they want. And, you know, that's not really, how many of this is not a position of peace? It's like a position of fear and just accommodation. And God's saying the God of peace, the God that's going to stop this evil and he's going to crush the devil and the evil that is there to bring peace into your life. And he's going to keep doing it and keep doing it until it's complete. And I believe this. God is marching over the devil to bring you peace. Now I can hear it again. Some people, as I read this, I'm like, yeah, but the devil is fighting and I am feeling some battle. How many are with me? You're like, I, I, he said that he's got the victory and I'm living here and it feels like the devil is nipping at my heels, okay? And I will tell you this, uh, the devil has been defeated. On the cross, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead, he was defeated. And we're living in this current age in between Jesus' first coming and his second coming where the devil is still nipping at our heels, but make no mistake, he's been defeated, it's like watching something that's been DVR'd. They may score a touchdown, but you know they're losing because you know the end of the game, okay? You know? It's like it doesn't matter. They may be cheering, but you saw the game. You know, it's over, okay? And the devil is nipping, and I guess I don't want to just make him seem so tame because how many know the devil's got some poison in him? And the devil's nipping at people's heels. And the devil has addiction and, and guilt and stain and all this sin that he uh, gets people tripped up in. But I'm telling you this, the devil is a defeated foe and we are fighting against him and he's nipping at us. And I want us to start seeing ourselves in Christ. I want us to start seeing ourselves where we are in Jesus Christ because if you read that passage again, Romans 16, whose feet does God use to crush the devil? It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Your feet. He's letting you be involved in this. He's saying, I know the devil's nipping at you. I know the devil's coming after you, but he's a defeated foe. Start living in victory. And, and, and I'm not negating your problems. Man, we have problems. We have attacks. We have all these things going on. But nipping at my heel is not crushing my head. It, it's different. Uh, a heel injury is different than a head, head injury, and I have victory in Jesus Christ, and he may affect me in my body, he may affect me in other areas, but I have victory in Jesus Christ. And I know that, I, I wrote this down, I just, I think this is worth saying, I believe every champion has wounds. Every champion has wounds, all right? You fight a battle, you still have wounds, but you're victorious. And we're in this battle right now, and you're gonna have some wounds. You're gonna have some heel wounds and some things that he's nipping at you and fighting you, but guess what? You're the champion, you're victorious, and God has given you the ability to have victory over the enemy. I believe that, and I believe that so many people, um, we don't see ourselves as victorious, we're like, man, that devil, he's, we, we feel like we're fighting him like this. And instead of saying like, that devil, you know, down here, that, you know, that's how I, I feel like we're, we're fighting him like this instead of like this. Well, he's nipping at me, but I'm stomping on him. I mean, I would ask you this, are your problems under your feet or on your shoulders? Because a lot of people are like, oh, devil, devil, stop, stop. And I'm like this, devil, devil, devil. That's, okay, that's where my problems are. 
And I just think so many of us, our problems are up here, and that's given too much credit. We've got to realize the problems are down there. And I believe this as a church and as followers of Jesus Christ, we've got to fight for our peace more. We've got to fight for our peace. We've got to fight for our, our peace in those spiritual battles, in those spiritual weapons, and say, God, I desire for the peace in my life. I desire, I'm going to read your word. I'm going to memorize your word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get involved in this. I'm going I'm to fight against the enemy that's underneath my feet. How many saw the movie War Room? Did you see it? It would be worth seeing for the, the two prayer scenes that are in that movie. Priscilla Schreier, one of uh, the lady speakers at our um, uh, Sparkle events, um, she did a movie with uh, just some wonderful people. And um, in that movie, in the War Room movie, I love her prayer, and she just grasps this reality of, of she's going to take authority in the name of Jesus over the way the enemy has been nipping at her. And in the movie, spoiler alert, um, her husband has been kind of messing around over there, and she's like, that's not going to happen. We're not going to, I'm not going to lose my marriage. I'm not going to lose my family. I'm fighting. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for this. And in this movie, she prays this. She says, I don't know where you are, devil, but I know you can hear me. You've played with my mind and you've had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house and that means there's no place for you here anymore. So you take your lies, your schemes, your accusations and you get out in Jesus' name. You can't have my marriage, you can't have my daughter and you sure can't have my man. I like that part. Um, This house is under new management and that means you are out. I I I thought it was interesting because she's like in the movie, she's walking inside the house, then she goes outside to the backyard. Caution, your neighbors can hear you. I'm just letting you know, all right? And she's shouting in the backyard, then she goes back inside, she comes back out, and she says, and another thing, I'm sick of you stealing my joy. That's changing too. My joy doesn't come from my friends. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't even come from my husband. My joy is found in Jesus, and just in case you forgot, he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. I liked it. That movie would be worth seeing that just for that one. But at the end, Clara, the grandma, how many know Clara? She prays at another level. And she's like, you are good and mighty and merciful. And she's like, raise up a generation, Lord. Raise. I mean, when she was praying, I was like, I was ready to get saved again. You know what I'm saying? Mm. All right. You can just YouTube it too. Man, it's, get the rental. You got to fight for your victory. You got to fight for your victory. The God of peace will crush Satan underneath your feet. And he wants to use you, your feet. And he wants you to grab hold of this. Yes, I understand in this present age, the kingdom of darkness is fighting against the kingdom of God. But I'm telling you what, the kingdom of God has defeated the enemy. The enemy wants to nip at your heels. He wants to try to get you into addictions and depression and guilt and and other sins. And he wants to nip at your heels. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, don't let him nip at your heels. Claim the victory in Jesus Christ. Rebuke that enemy. Stand strong in the faith. Realize that God is going to continue to march and march and march until he comes again. And he says, all right, time's up. Time's up. You are vanquished forever and ever and ever. God's going to keep marching and marching and marching and bringing about the victory. I believe we need to continue the stomping. And I believe this, that in this moment here, we're going to ask people if they want to give their life to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this? Every time we lead someone to Jesus Christ, that's another stomp on the devil. I'm telling you this, you've been held too long by an enemy 
that wants to keep you from the Prince of Peace. God wants to come in and set you free. God wants to come in. There are followers of Jesus Christ that are praying for you right now, and they're saying, is this your moment? Is this your moment to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I, I, I've been held too long, and, and you're right. The devil's been over me, but I, if I accept Jesus, the devil will go under me, and Jesus will set me free. We want to help people to be set free in Jesus Christ. We want to help them. And I want to tell all Christians here, you should always be praying in a moment like this. And in, in addition to this, man, you can stomp on the devil and keep the march going forward every time you share your faith with someone and help them find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You can stomp on the enemy's head again and again and again. This march will continue. This march will continue. And Jesus wants to set people free. So here and at all of our campuses, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, we want to give an opportunity for people to be set free in Jesus' name. We want you to be set free and to realize Jesus can forgive you of your sins.